good people. Guess what? And we're we back, back. And we back. And we back. And we back. We're back with Truth Be Told. It's so good to see you, Andrea. It's good to see you as well. Oh. And our awesome audio producer, Forrest Eagle. Hey, so Forrest. Good to see him across yeah. the glass. We are very happy to be back. I feel like even with all the transitions we've gone through, this is home in a very cool podcasty way. I'm not sure about home, but it is familiar <laughs> in a very who podcast. The laughter way. feels like home to me. The yeah, laughter and, and the and, truth and, and, the, and truth. the truth yes. and the thinking around things that feels like a hug. I love it. it yeah. Like it's so hug. good to be back in the studio with yes. you, Tasmanian, for another season. Another season of Truth Be Told. We got some truths. And we need to tell them. We need to tell them. We have some that we need to lay aside and debunk and some that maybe we need to resurrect and some we need to elevate. Sounds great. Let's do what we do. Let's do it. Let's do what we do. Let's do it. So I know that we've been talking. Um, wow. Here we are in the second run of Corona. Now we're talking about Delta. Right. And we've been talking about self-care. That continues to be a big topic. Self-preservation. Self-preservation. Self-regard. Self-love. Self-love. Yeah. And a word that's been coming up frequently in conversation, um, and certainly those of us who are making investments into the wonderful world of mental health and wellness, there's a lot of therapists out there who use the word boundary. I know. It almost feels as if it's become cliche, but it's so real. Mm-hmm. And let's dig into boundaries. Let's do it. When I think of the word, I see myself sitting cross-legged in the sun in a field of lavender with rope Hmm. all around me, like fenced in with rope. Wow. And I have my water and my snacks and everything (laughs) else is on the other side. So the rope is just like what kind of rope? stanchions. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So really, your boundaries like the can rope. be moved. Like what? The, the velvet, velvet room? <laughs> the velvet rope. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the velvet rope. Okay. Yeah, the velvet rope. Okay. Because something precious is being protected, and that precious thing is me. And so the fact that it's a rope mm-hmm. also indicates to me, I could be totally wrong here, correct me, mm-hmm. that it's also, it can be easily moved. You said a stanchion. Yeah, something can. can come over it or under it, Tasneen. And I, that's the flexibility that I struggle with. Ah. Because boundaries can be moved, right? They can be made smaller. Yeah. They can make you can invite people inside your little space. I think that in terms of the lives we're living now, we're we're starting to reevaluate who we have inside the rope with us. I know, and and take into consideration these man-made self boundaries, like staying six feet apart, <laughs> like the physical boundary. The physical but we're boundary. talking about something so much more deep. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot more deep, you know, than than just the physical boundary. Yeah. And I think, though, that physical boundary of six feet has led us to this conversation about needing to think critically about contact and connection. And yeah. so both physical contact, like missing. We've heard about people missing being touched. The act. Yeah. Literally. The physical in, touch. The physical the touch. Yeah, yeah. The human yeah. connection. Missing that. And then for other people who've been home with seniors and elders and family members and quarantine, all those situations, sometimes it's too much closeness. And that's when that topic of boundary comes up again, saying you're not meant to be on all day. Yeah, You're not meant to be available and accessible all day. So let's talk about that accessibility and availability as a black woman all day and what that feels like Mm -hmm. and how we get there. Mm -hmm. How do we define those boundaries? Should we create some new ones? Mm -hmm. Um, Did you grow up with this conversation about boundaries? Is that a word that you're... 
your your mom, the wonderful Mama Cheryl, ever spoke about? Because I know in her stories that you share, the stories you share about her, she was great at it. She was great at it. We didn't call it boundaries. We know that's a mm-hmm. more contemporary term. Um, my mother was very good at some boundaries. You know, I think I, I mentioned to you earlier when we were trying to, you know, ping pong back and forth what we wanted to jump in the studio first and start talking about. I can never remember a time actually spending the weekend at home. Mm. Right. And so I didn't think about that was a self-proclaimed boundary for my mother every weekend. So my mother raised my sister and I as a my mother was a widow in her early 20s. So by the age of 25, she's a widow and raising two daughters, mm. two very young daughters, mm-hmm. you know, five and, and two, really one, one. Yeah. And so this is how she had to survive. So we call it self-care, self-preservation. Communal, very communal family. We've mm. talked about how communal my family was. But I never remember being at home at my own house on the weekends. We would be at one of our grandparents' house. We thought that's what we do. Like as kids, you always go to your grandparents. My maternal and my paternal grandparents, they live right around the corner from each other. So they live in the same cul-de-sac. So I was I grew up with the benefit of having grandparents right there together and just a community of support. So the weekends we didn't think about our mother needing boundaries and needing some space for her as a woman to deal with, you know, working two jobs or raising these young girls or even just being a woman. We didn't think about that. We just thought we went to our grandparents' house. So, no, she did it, but I don't think it was a prescription. Maybe it was survival for her or some kind of practice or technique that she knew she needed. Mm-hmm. The weekends belonged to your mother. They were, And so I, I, I mean, I think my sister and I both could attest to this still today. We are so serious about our weekends. Like we really are. Like there have been times and, I, and, and if we don't get on each other's calendar or if, we don't, if other folk don't get on our calendars early in the weekend, we're sorry. And never thought about where do we get that from? Even kids. Yeah, I, I can remember that. What about your family? I love that. I love, I love so that. So was it prescribed? I mean, you guys are communal as we are. And oh. so this idea of boundaries, was there such thing mm. as boundaries? I feel like I was born into a village dynamic. It was, you are a member of the group, call it tribe, call it posse, crew, squad, whatever word you want to come up with. You were a grace. Yeah. And you know how sometimes they say last name first? That's how it was. Your grace, test name. That was the first identifier, times That you were grace. And so that meant my sensibilities all were in support of and out of respect of the group. The group, as you call it, the group think? Group think. Wow. What's best for the group is best for you. And so the sacrifice of self was heralded as what family means. So what is best for the group? And then you lay yourself aside. Somewhere in there, you're going to get the blessing, right? right. Somewhere in there. Eventually. Eventually. It's, it's good for the graces, you see. <laughs> if it's good for the graces, and you may not see gander. this benefit. <laughs> you may not see the benefit of it now. Not now. It'll outlive you. Tiny, but in the by and by. And, and your generations and you to come, see, you see. You see. In and the people fullness will speak, of time. In the fullness of time, people will speak of you and they say, she gave so much. You know, it's because of Tasneem mm-hmm. that we are mm-hmm. able to do blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And we speak about people that way. We, we were do. so selfless. Oh, we stand on the shoulders. Yes. I'm not minimizing that. No, but it's true. This is, is true. this is the culture of giving oneself away that puts us in this conflict, perhaps the gift of the pandemic. We get to reevaluate all these relationships. Puts us in conflict with where do I enter and appear 
And where does the group disappear and become set aside? Where am I centered? Where do I get to sit in the middle of the field of lavender with my snacks and fresh water and say, you are most important right now. Right. And the babies are crying outside the rope. Somebody hungry outside the rope. Tesney. Somebody's like, hey, could you read this paper for me outside the rope? But I know you. you have a minute. You 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 let everybody slide everything under that rope and above that rope. I said conflict. The truth is, I I am within the tussle. I think for years, for I can remember back to college, Sundays would come, and I wanted to be like Lionel Richie because I'm easy, easy Easy like like a Sunday morning. morning. They weren't easy, sis. (laughs) How so? Because I went to school in my hometown. That's and Sundays meant you're gonna go visit your grandmother, aren't you? And I'm like, I'd like to sleep in. I'd like to just kick it with friends. I'd like or do, to nothing. do nothing. Right. But you couldn't. I think that, that that sort of conditioning brings up a lot of things, the utility of guilt and shame. Right. <laughs> you know, and if you have a personality like mine, that's a motivator. So a good girl goes visits her grandmother on Sundays. And I love my grandmother, you know this. I know. But again, when does Tashneem enter and appear? And so what was being set up for you? And, and, and taking on this ownership and what has played out. I've seen it in your professional world. I've seen it in your leadership style. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about it in your parenting, mm-hmm. um, your friendship, oh, how those boundaries and doing what's good for the group, what's mm-hmm. good for the communal, this, this idea of we're all, um, it's good for all of us, right? We sometimes uh, minimize ourselves. Mm-hmm. We move to the back. Mm-hmm. Our opinion sometimes may differ against the group. It becomes so uncomfortable when we want to step out and push up these boundaries. And so you got an attitude or what's wrong? You don't love the family. Where's your loyalty? Selfish. You're selfish, mm-hmm. right? And all those things happen. And somewhere, in addition to those boundaries being so fluid and not really defined nor committed to, you then take on the weight the emotional labor of mm-hmm. everyone else around you in our lives, in our families, in our jobs, mm-hmm. in our circles. We take on all of that. And so until that something uh, breaks. until something breaks and the breaking is you or uh, until something isn't birthed or rebirth. And she, too, is you. Yes. And you know what the escape hatch is? What? The word. No. This is like a whole sentence, right? Like, yeah, and if it's me, it's no thanks. Because you know I'll say that in a minute. Tess, would you like to? No thanks. Ryan was that way. Ryan, like, like, so nice time to go to bed. No thanks. <laughs> Ryan, you need to eat. No thanks. No thanks. Like, no, everything no thanks. was no thanks. And oh, yeah. you are that way. Yeah, no everything thanks. is no thanks. No, thanks. no, why can't it just be heck no? <laughs> I had to catch myself, right? Because you still got to be slightly sweet with it. Oh. No thanks. No thank you. Right. Mm, thanks for thinking of me. So we can't. But I this. won't be able to do that. No. That there thing you didn't ask me to do. This brings to mind how to catch a flying woman with the amazing Cynthia. And it, it's that that whole part. This is a, a production that in some ways was co-sponsored with Actors Bridge Ensemble and Healing Waters Productions and the National Public Library. How to Catch a Flying Woman is about how do you appear? How yes. do you levitate? How do you stay in this ascended mode? while still being in service and of service. And and how do you do that? I mean, I really want us to think about the emotional labor. Mm-hmm. And can I just bring Zora? Cynthia Harris his? writes about it. Zora Newhurston writes about it. Bring a sister Zora. Zora, please. who we know is the foremother of all great literature. 
she penned, I don't know how many years ago, that black women, we are the mule of the world, right? And so here we are all these years later still questioning the emotional labor Mm -hmm. that we take on because we don't know how to set boundaries. Sometimes we don't know how to set them. Sometimes we're afraid to set them. Sometimes we'll be ridiculed, criticized, and the fear of being ridiculed and criticized always has taken Mm -hmm. precedent over the self-care and the self-love for me. So we don't belong to ourselves when we're thinking of boundaries. We don't belong to ourselves. That means our minds, our bodies, our emotions, our hearts, our spiritual state, none of that belongs to us when we haven't shaped, created, erected, and built these boundaries. So then that means that our emotional labor is always prescribed and expected based on the group. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, it doesn't mean that the group has... um, Tasneem always at the forefront doesn't mean that it's anything that's going to be done um, to hurt or harm Tasneem. But the result, the residual labor, emotional labor of those not setting those boundaries and committing to them. Because what happens when there's a little bit of pressure, you start, I'm going to set some boundaries. This is going to be my time. How many times at the end of the week you brought it up on Sundays when we would do our Sunday call? And I would check in on you. What have you done for yourself today, Tasneem? Mm. You know, I'm going to braid Aziza's hair. <laughs> that is not what I said. You know, I got a pot of greens in the kit. That is not what I'm saying. I need to help Mona with Tasneem. What have you done for you? And then you uh-huh. say something that's crazy, especially when you're in school. You know, I'm reading this great article. Joker, that is for Lipscomb. That is and not still, for you. And, that, and that's where you get crafty with it. Of course. You get crafty with saying the there's some kind of residual good. I'm going to catch it on the back end. In the back end. On the back end. Uh-huh. In the back end. Because if I braid Aziza's hair now, see, it's going to save me some time. Maybe later in the week, I might be able right. to sit and look out. And what does window. that back end? So it where, never comes. It never and that's it. happens. It never happens. I think, you know, when I think about people who demonstrate great boundaries, like they are architects, like you can just see the walls around them and their doors and windows. Right. But man, if you peek in a window, they sit in there chilling, filing their nails, bopping to some hip hop. I don't know. Eating some nice sushi. So what is the first thing you think about, though, when you traditionally see a person who all, who you would say, oh, man, they know how to set boundaries, whether it's in the job, our families, mm-hmm. or in your circles. Admiration is, and awe. Has it always been admiration and awe? Or is this some the, the, the new introspective us, right, mm-hmm. in the past few years? Mm-hmm. Because the five-year-ago us would have been, <laughs> we would have called them what, Tasneem? They just thinking about themselves. I can. Like, I can I, we need them to be a team player. Yeah, yeah. I can see where. I think I've always been awestruck, though. Like even if there were judgment, the twin to the judgment was still awe. Of course, the judgment was just window dressing for the awe, which of course is also admiration. Yeah. So, like my sister, I have two sisters who are, in my opinion, marvelous at it. We grew up in the same family, but their personalities are way more centered on their own pleasure. And I've been like, wow. Like, how do you just saw them centered on the self-pleasure? Oh, yeah. They're like, well, I don't like this. <laughs> so I'm not afraid not doing to it. say no. Your sisters are not afraid to say mm-hmm. no. Either. I don't like this. No. Oh, yeah. No. Nope. No. Does it feel like rejection if they say no to you? Because all they're mm-hmm. doing is that, so boundaries is the space between you and another person. Mm-hmm. It's where I end and where you enter. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. So if that's the case, how do we feel when your sisters are telling you no or telling Moon or whoever mm-hmm. it is? No. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me because I think I have so much admiration for boundaries. I think that if I were, that's why I know it's about conditioning. So I think if I were actually, 
a person who was touting this line of groupthink and really believed in it, I probably would be hurt. My feelings would be a little bit singed. But I am convinced that the way to the by and by is not to be a mule. I'm convinced that this is just what we're doing because some of us haven't practiced another way. They haven't had a mom who's taken the weekend as her whole entire sanctuary space. Dude, for your entire life. (laughs) Who do? I've never, like, I never would have thought about that. Did you grow up in your mind thinking that women take time for themselves? Yes. That is what I grew up. I grew up thinking women take care of themselves. Wow. I grew up, whether that is watching aunts and my mother and grandmother and a great, great, great grandmother of friends. I grew up knowing that women are going to take care of themselves. Sometimes it was just the the aesthetic and and the outer, right? I didn't see a lot of, not sure if we were doing as well with our mental health or our emotional labor. Mm-hmm. But I did see women, black women that. taking care of themselves. I love it. But on the flip side of that, I saw black women taking care of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Everyone else mm-hmm. in neighborhoods and communities and jobs. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that's what we do as black women. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then I enter into this 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 young adult world and that's all I've ever seen. And I think I know how to set a boundary, even though we weren't calling it that. I was just, you know, sometimes we have these labels when we speak with the word boundary. We think of offense. We think we're keeping someone out as opposed to protecting what's in. Right. Not knowing that this was going to help shape me all of my life, how I manage, how I lead, how I enter into relationships with other people. And I've often been told that you're hard, Drea. You have a very hard exterior. You're prickly. You're no nonsense. You just get straight to it and you're a straight shooter. And all those were said to me. I took those as negative connotations. And I'm saying now. Those are just boundaries, because if we think about boundaries as ways of how I want to interact with you, mm-hmm. ways on how I want to be nurtured, how I want to be fulfilled mm-hmm. and how I want to be safe. Mm-hmm. If those are my boundaries, then why do we look at it as such a negative thing when people set some boundaries around us? Because in my boundary lets me know that I am free If it's done correctly and committed to it, that I am free to be myself in totality and I don't want to deal with you, then that's okay. But but a boundary says that I can be myself. I'm free enough to show up as in in whatever healthy or unhealthy state I may be in totality, all of me. And you can either accept it or not. Love it, hopefully. And we still be in community. We still be in relationship. Are you finding that what is the reception to? What now we're calling a tradition that you've grown up with, with with setting good boundaries. What is the reception to those been other than, you know, the you're prickly, you're impenetrable, you're this and that. What have there been people who've gotten it? I think you and I talk about this all the time. It's because we've deliberately started surrounding ourselves with folk who also think like we do and who also understand what setting boundaries are. Because how unhealthy is it for me to say that someone who's going to consistently suck up 98, not suck up, share 98% of my uh, space and time when you don't have the same values that I have as it relates to just boundaries, as it relates to just self-awareness and self-care. So if I'm deliberately allowing that, because what it becomes, it's toxic because it's just emotional labor. So I think you and I talk about that. You talk about finding what? A squad, a circle? Yeah, a squad, somebody to say, hey, it's it's the Sunday call, right? In the morning that says, hey, before this weekend disappears, what did you do for yourself? I think we've also been seeing some beautiful examples. Oh, let's talk in about the stories those. of Naomi Osaka 
in the story of Simone Biles, you know, two awesome athletes who, of course, within the last six months, I'm going to say, have extracted themselves from high level athletics, setting boundaries to say, nah, you know, this doesn't feel good right now, so I'm not going to do it. And what has Western world and Western culture done and said about them? It's it's been every word that you said people said about you. Man, she doesn't she doesn't give good interviews. She's not that friendly. You know, oh, we're so su- surprised at Simone. She's usually so sweet and a team player. Team player, sweet and caring about the whole team and everyone mm-hmm. else and the country. So now we have someone who has to carry the weight of the entire country yes. on her shoulders. Yeah. Please. And they did it for the sake of their own personal mental health. And so, what an example. What about it? I mean, of course, we're saying that this is a good thing. Other people have have argued that it wasn't. But I think that what stays with us in the conversation, if you get quiet, is when do we do that for ourselves? When do we say, I know this is high profile. I know many people are watching. I know there might be a lot of money on the line, my reputation, my ranking, all of these things. And I'm still going to take the exit. I'm still going to say, I know my face was on the flyer. Oh, my gosh. I was, <laughs> was going to say, are you going to bring that up? Yes. Because Cause just yesterday you said. <laughs> you know, we don't have to say anything more about it. But right, I did. But yeah. I called you and I said, I need I need some advice, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is I but and you, I'm I'm wore out. I'm tired. And I want to say no thanks. You guys go on without me. And we but we went through the good girl. We went through the being reliable. We went through the woman of your word. We went through all what, of that. What if it happened to us and we planned and had a speaker and then mm-hmm. they said no. And you said to me, which I am so proud of you to, uh, to say that I'm your sister and see how like that 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 butterfly that you have become, Tasneem. Okay. You said to me, you said, just, I just said, I just did. First of all, you just sort of like, okay, that's what you got. Now, the, the Drea in you, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I just did that. I just did that last week. You said, what are you, what are you, you're losing? Who's losing out? You asked me a yeah, question about. Who are you going to disappoint? Who are you going to disappoint? You or them? Or them. Some, if there's disappointment to be had. Let it not be for us. We don't choose our own disappointment. We endure disappointment. <laughs> right? At the risk of knowing, like, this is a this is a professional responsibility. We, they will survive. Yeah. They'll be just fine. Because somehow we think that we, yeah, control all that. That goes to control. Uh, that, that, we'll goes, that, that goes yeah. to control. But I think the examples of these young women, these young women of color, and, of course, there's, I think, thousands, if not millions of young women who are saying no and no thank you, however right. you want to say it. If it's hell no, no thank you, no. However, it comes out and saying, you know, specifically, it comes down to this. I don't like how this feels. So I'm not going to do this thing that's continuing to make me feel this way. That's, that's the math. That's, 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 that's I don't. This doesn't feel good. Yeah. So I'm going to stop stepping on my own toe. I'm going to take this knife away from my own neck. I'm going to stop holding the flame to my own cheek. I'm going to stop my participation in this thing that feels bad. Somehow I think we also, what goes into that and plays into that is this idea that we have to be, you know, I was reading this study, um, oh gosh, the American Psychological Association did this study and some of the reports, they were talking about the caregiver roles as black women and the Sojourner syndrome and the superwoman schema. And I think those two things come into play about us because we think we have to. So if you think about the superwoman schema, she doesn't allow us to set boundaries because she she takes on this role and this concept that we have to do beyond and go far beyond because we we have to work harder. We have to enter into these spaces that we succumb 
to everything that is in us that's telling us to take a break, to stop for the good of the world, the country, the family, the job, you name it. Mm-hmm. She has to do that. And we and we and sometimes you and I both know we we wear that badge of superwoman, you know, nothing against Alicia. Key. How many of us made that our mantra? I mean, how many of us have always done? And, and this is and it's not to say that we aren't superwomen. Right. But a superwoman knows how you going to be super and you tired. That, that's you, can't, a, you couldn't fly if they gave you, you wings. You, you up there sleep. You can't. It's just. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I think the conversation about what examples are we setting for others that gets into groupthink too, right? I do this because it's going to inspire someone, but really, we're talking about self preservation and, and self regard. Yeah, I am deserving of rest. I'm deserving of just to sit here and, as you said, do nothing. Because to me, nothing is something. The reframing of I am just worthy. I'm worthy of all that. I don't. I I know that I love better, work better, treat myself better when I am rested. When I have served myself first. And when I have clarity. Yeah. And so for me, it's maybe it's not the rest, but it's the clarity. Mm-hmm. And that clarity comes and it comes from, you know, prayer and meditation and just being mm-hmm. with me, yeah. sitting with self. You know, whether I'm on the greenway, whether I'm in my den, it doesn't matter. But I have to sit have with to me. Sit. I love it. And I, I have it. to have that clarity. And one of the things that I'm curious, and I hope we have a few more minutes, because I want you to talk about like setting these boundaries we're getting better at it. We're mm-hmm. not experts, mm-hmm. but I think we're getting better. We are definitely better than what we were five years ago. You are definitely better. And I'm not better just you. I'm sorry. I, I did point it at finger. last <laughs> two months ago, Tess Neem. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I admit it wholeheartedly. Yeah. I, I put forth a public apology to anyone with for whom I have presented myself as this forever laboring mother and the mute you know, professional <laughs> you know no i can't go to that because i have like five meetings oh god no, i can't go to that because you know i'm so busy <laughs> so busy <laughs> i'm so busy like i apologize i apologize um guys you know i've been so busy. my I've calendar so busy. is so packed everybody's so packed. calendar is packed right <laughs> what is that to brag about that means you're just overworked but i'm training you know, in in what I consider to be the revolution, because yeah. this is a revolution in terms of how of, of self regard. Even training my girls to be able to notice when I'm reaching the threshold of fatigue and exhaustion, I become very not nice. So how and is this boundaries them, helping you? Like your parenting. So mm-hmm. think about your parenting four years ago. Yeah, and parenting now in these oh, boundaries. Oh, it was a give, 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 give. You know, and. I think it's beautiful now, like looking at my mother and then my grandmother, for whom I think womanhood was eclipsed by motherhood. So you became a mom and where did the woman go? She, she was know. forever lost. She was just somewhere yes, in there. Yes. She was somewhere in there. And if it wasn't eclipsed by motherhood, it was eclipsed by partnerhood yes. and wifehood. So again, we're, i got to pull these layers back to really find the Sahar. Where is my mother in there? And I think in the past 20 years, it began to see her as an individual which then calls me on the carpet to say, how am I presenting selfhood to my girls who may inherit these same conditions? I know. And so I'm like, hmm. And so them seeing me as a woman and not just as their mother, that's a tussle. I, I struggle it with it with Ryan. tussle. Because, how so? How because so? I'm, I think of, of him in future partnerships, and I don't want him to have this image of that somehow, you know, that this woman, whoever he partners with, just she disappears mm-hmm. because now she's taken on this other role or whoever, however we part that now this idea of, of motherhood is bigger 
than yeah. womanhood. Mm-hmm. And it was a struggle. I remember there are some things and conversations that Ryan had. And I'm like, I am a woman first. Wow. I know I'm your mom, but I am a woman. And his eyes just looked like, this is awkward. Dude, I don't <laughs> want to talk about this. Mom, were you? Because he was fearful of like, oh, gosh, is it going to turn into one of those conversations? <laughs> and it wasn't. It's the fact of like, I am a woman, a woman. first. Out of every other relationship, that is what I, in the womb, that is what I was. And so I was her before I was your mom, son. And I, was, and I belong to myself. I, belong to I don't just belong to you as I, a mom. Yes. I struggle with the idea of, uh, I, I struggle with the fact and the necessity and the need, and I hadn't figured out how to do it consistently, is how do we create boundaries, be in healthy relationships, and not lose ourselves. Or the relationship. Or the relationship. And you, what... You, you don't ask the question. I don't know. but w- and, and we have to ask sometimes if that relationship jeopardizes my boundary, is that a relationship that continues to serve me? Just asking. Or does your boundary setting allow for a new level in your relationship? Or a new iteration of it? Or just a new one? Or just a new one. These are questions. Because if we think about boundaries, relationships, but at the end of that, I asked you, how do I not lose myself? So that end part should be what's guiding me. I don't want to lose myself, so I'm going to set a boundary. I don't want to lose myself, so I need to redefine, restructure these relationships, all the ships I'm in. All the ships. Because what's important, it's not the boundary. It's losing self. And taking care of self and preserving self. And if you don't come to this question, you don't even know how to do that. What's the question? If someone what says, what do you want to eat? You don't even have an answer. You say, what do y'all want to eat? <laughs> that, oh, my god. What gosh. do you watch on TV? What do what y'all want to watch? Yeah. Where do you want to go? Where do y'all want to go? And there's no self to save. There's no self. <laughs> because it's still the group think. But, man, once that door gets open, you're like, you know what? I don't like polka dots. I've been wearing these damn <laughs> things all these years because you wore them. Right, like suddenly it's I don't like hummus. I don't like you have all these don't likes because the contrast. Dude, I, I don't like teal and turquoise. Let me just put it out there. <laughs> it's and amazing. Just spoke bought it for you. Like that looks good on you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like. I don't even like blue. Can we talk about shoulder pads growing up? Can we talk you about the shoulder, shoulder pad? pads? Can we talk about the shoulder pads with Velcro tabs on them that my mother put in every top that I wore in junior high? And you didn't like it, or you just wore it to please. Janet Jackson made them popular, and then my uh, it was, yeah. <laughs> J.C. Penny had to stop selling them junks for so me to stop wearing. So Muna made you a blazer right now to wear in your new fancy job, Miss Vice President. Um, and it had some Velcro or sewn-in uh, shoulder pads. Would you wear it? Would you tell Muna thank you? Would you even accept it? Would you I just would say not, no? I would say no thank you because, you know, I'm still kind and sweet. But no, I've, that that is totally Tazine, my graduation. You would say no, thank you, would or no you would say thank you, Mona. Take it and take it home and try to figure out how to take the shoulder <laughs> no. pads out. Just didn't tell the truth. Thankfully, truth. my mother no longer wears shoulder pads. Okay, but here's the other part: I didn't need them. I have broad shoulders. <laughs> I don't think that's important. That's <laughs> it's important. like, why are you wearing them at all? Right? I'm not a mini Mona. I'm not the. I'm not this other version Losing of my mom. yourself. There you go. Losing yourself. So when we do not set these boundaries. And sometimes those boundaries, not sometimes, boundaries have to be verbal, right? They have to be verbal. I know we can, your imagery of this velvet rope, mm-hmm. but if th- that velvet rope only exists in your mind, in that field of lavender, 
Because the reality, when you're at your condo, there's no field of lavender no, and no velvet they're, they're rope. doors with locks. That's <laughs> and very important. there are words that say, stay out. Yeah, or don't answer when they knock on the door. And you can hear them. You know she in there, right? She must, <laughs> Boundaries. She must be sitting. Boundaries. <laughs> What's our question yeah. for our people? Our question for our good people, when have you built a boundary and maintained it? And if you're struggling with the maintenance of it, we get that too. Share that also. But we are we are curious about how other people have arrived at this place where they've realized freedom is on the other side of no or no thank you, however it comes out. But there's a whole other self to to be entertained and enjoyed and educated once we stop identifying ourselves through who we are to other people. That's exactly right. We are ourselves to us first. Like you said, I this is me first. I came here like this first. I became these other things. Yeah. So self-preservation as self-care is a fine art. Mm. And setting boundaries is just one component of you creating that masterpiece. Yeah. Who I is she? Yeah. I love that. I guess another way to say setting boundaries is like, you know what? You do you. Hmm. Is that? Oh, that's another day. You do you. It's another day, you another topic. Stop it, guys. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining yes. in another episode of Truth Be Told.